Okay, so the famous Cyber Athletics non-intro returns. <laughs> Welcoming our second guest ever, Alex Lee of Digiday, who covers obviously gaming and esports at, at Digiday. Um, Alex knows I think he's one of the best around, but let's not gush too much because I feel like I've done that a lot on this show and to you privately. So, But yeah, Alex is really good. I'm sure most people watching this already know Alex and read his work. Um yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure to be about. here with you guys. Yeah, uh, man. welcome. Who's this? Who's the first guest ever? Dom Sacco, UK wow. esports legend. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm I'm in esteemed company right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honor. Um, right. So, what we're we talking about? We're talking about a topic about which you, Alex, recently wrote a piece, which is essentially, I guess, kind of touching on the general state of media in esports. Um, because obviously, for those that don't know, Upcomer were recently acquired and a couple of other enthusiast properties recently acquired by um, Gamers Group, who own Dot .esports. Um, and I guess notoriously, esports just doesn't pay very good freelance rates. I suppose it's, it's pretty safe to say. Um, definitely not something, if you're a freelancer working, say, just for Dot, pretty much impossible to earn like a full-time living. Um. And yeah, and I guess your piece was about just the the struggles the esports industry has had with low freelance rates and how that's, I guess, I, w- I don't want to say Dot is one of the worst culprits because I think they do pay better rates than a lot of places. So I remember the first, the first freelance piece, the first piece I ever had published in esports and gaming was um, GamesBeat, VentureBeat, <laughs> which was fuck all. It was literally zero. They just said, we don't pay. Um, but I did it anyway. When was that? That was late 2019, I think. That's wild. That's yeah. wild. Eventually, it's a pretty, you know, significant outlet. So that's yeah, that's crazy in hindsight. But I was never going to say no to that because it was just it was just the first one. It was the foot in the door. Um, and yeah, and I guess I'll let you um, kind of summarize your piece in a second, Alex. But I guess just to preface, you and I have kind of disagreed on um yeah on on i guess what's considered fair mm-hmm. in the industry whether dot and other outlets like dot can pay higher than what they currently pay whether it's possible um but yeah i guess if you want to just summarize kind of what you wrote in your general angle with the piece and we can go from there sure and and i i think you're absolutely right i want to just kind of lead off by saying that well my story was sort of had a news hook uh, around gamers and its recent run of acquisitions and also a new funding round that it announced. Um, really, the crux of the story is that these are structural issues across the entire esports media industry, not something that gamers or any one company uh, is specifically guilty of, of, you know, being like the big evil leader. Um, so with that in mind, I, I wrote this general story around gamers for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first reason is just because I had access to a lot of former gamer staff. Uh, I, I've been writing about issues of, you know, mismanagement and low pay in esports media for quite some time. I also wrote about Upcomer before it kind of fully went down the tubes and was shipped off to Dot or to gamers. Uh, and after I wrote that, I, I got a deluge of people writing for all kinds of different websites who were like, okay, this guy is a reporter writing about this stuff. Let me... Let me just like come and vent to him about the issues I've experienced. And mm. 
the overwhelming majority of the people who reached out to me were people who worked for gamers properties and gamers is more than dot gamers has all kinds of websites across both gaming and other forms of culture, you know, anime, pop culture. Um, and to some extent, I think that's also just a matter of statistics. Like gamers is a really large network. It has a lot of freelancers in it. So if freelancers in this space are going to come to me to complain, probably a lot of them are going to be working for gamers. Uh, but the fact of the matter is I, you know, I spoke to over a dozen former staff members across all kinds of different gamers properties. And they all had some pretty legitimate grievances with the way they've been treated. These are full-time and freelance mm -hmm. staff. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's also worth saying that while you, know, you were focusing on freelance pay in what you were just saying, and I suppose my article was as well, um, it's not like the full-time pay for any of these jobs is that good either. Mm -hmm. uh, so the article was broadly about low pay uh, across the entire space and how that results in uh, this sort of churn of writers who enter the space thinking maybe they can turn it into a full-time living or a career, realize that it's at best just a part-time job that can that must be supported by some other form of income or, mm. or having a partner or disability payments or something that can cover, uh, you know, for what you're not making. Um, you know, for lack of benefits and stuff. Mm. Um, and people just burn out, you know, within a few years. Uh, yeah. A few of the, the writers, uh, former writers who I spoke to were people no longer working in esports media or who were looking to get outside of it uh, because they were young and they had they'd never had real jobs before. <clears throat> they went right from college into the esports workforce. And so they didn't even understand. It took them years to realize that the way they were being treated was not necessarily normal or mm. fair. Um, and okay, I'm using the word fair here. I understand that is totally subjective based on what you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, Billy, I think you're, you're, the point that you made when we spoke privately was that this is about, this is like the best that esports media can do. You know, there just isn't that much of an audience for it. There's not that much traffic. Monetization mm -hmm. isn't that good. Yeah. Um, and so to some extent, their hands are tied with these rates. And I would agree with that. All I mean, and we can talk about that more, but all I'll really say on that front is that you know, I'm, I'm a journalist, like my role here is to speak to the workers and report the real ways in which they feel like mm -hmm. they are not being rewarded accurately for the work they're doing. Yeah. Um, this larger I'm... question of monetization and, you know, where the business is going in general is a really interesting one. But to me, that's almost, uh, it's almost another story, you know? Yeah. These workers feel like they are being mistreated and not being paid well, mm -hmm. and they're getting burnt out on esports journalism, whether or not you know, the businesses they're working for are profitable. Mm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, to be clear, I don't know the numbers of these sites in terms of, I mean, you can find how many clicks the site gets across the board. Um, but in terms of like, you know, revenue generated and then does, I'm no financial expert, does that then equal X amount of pay is acceptable for, you know, because I spoke to um, Kevin Morris, who's the chief mm -hmm. content officer at Gamers. Um, and yeah, he basically, he was saying like each site, they want each site that they own to be self-sufficient. Um, and I think a lot of these sites are just more niche than people give them credit for. And I think mm -hmm. that's probably an issue across the board with esports. Um, and so, yeah, how much can you really pay? Um, and, and to be clear as well, I think your piece was very balanced i think you approached it in a in a my main issue or my main disagreement came with the discussion around it online afterwards 
to me, I don't know what you think about this, Adam, but to me, it, to me, it was just funny and like kind of laughable that there were people like former full-time staffers at Upcomer that were criticizing. And I get it. They were, they expected, they anticipated a loss for like a period of time. I get that. But the fact that they were like criticizing the model of gamers when Upcomer's just very nearly gone out of fucking business and gamers is the one that's just, you know, bankrolled it, just kind of saved it might be a push, but you know, almost, yeah, well, yeah, rescued it from the dead kind of. Um, and so, yeah, former Upcomer staffers like criticizing gamers model for me it was just like well you have to be realistic like you know i get it you want people to be paid well and could people sustain a full-time good a good full-time wage on esports rates probably not but then is that what you consider fair or is fair what you can return for an outlet mm. and so i don't I, know i think it's more nuanced go on adam i was gonna say um i can offer a little bit of insight into the former upcomer folks having a pop at gamers right and it's less to do with them actually caring about what's going on at gamers and more to do with the fact that they got like blasted by people such as myself early on because they were paying ridiculous rates before they even launched and i was saying this is not going to work you're going to hire all these people they're going to get used to a certain amount of money then you're going to crash and burn it's invariable because you're not going to make enough money and then people like george are going to go to other websites and say no i'm i'm owed I don't know, let's say 60K, where it's just not, it's not going to happen anywhere else. Um, and if people do, like publications do try and meet that, they're also just going to go the same way of Upcomer. So like that, in a sense, in my mind, um, it, well, I know because Sean was DMing me having a, having a cry. Um, but <laughs> effectively, he felt like Upcomer um, got the short end of the stick in terms of um, the, the conversation online. And then because I don't really tweet anymore, he thought people like myself were like, almost unwilling to speak about dot and gamers as a, as opposed to anything else he thought like oh you were fine chatting shit about us but not about other people um which is just not true i just didn't want to tweet and then i was like we might do yeah. a video here so like i, I care more yeah about and it all like your critiques of both of the companies are just like entirely different critiques so hmm. it, yeah not super it's just I, him I being salty about both yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with by the way with the fact that the the you know some of so I, I I'm familiar with some of the different salaries that people in various roles were being paid at Upcomer. Um, mm -hmm. I think some of the higher level people were probably getting paid you know the best salaries that they will ever anyone will ever get in esports yes. journalism based on what yes. I heard. That's absolutely true. Yeah, like one hundred and twenty thousand um, dollars and and like numbers like that. It's outrageous. Yeah, yeah, six figures, which mm. admittedly is pretty crazy. Um, uh, but I, it's funny to me to see Upcomer and Dot sort of, you know, sniping at each other like this because I just think they both have problems. And the problem is just the way they monetize. I, I, this is less of a problem for Dot because Dot is very effective at monetizing. Like that's their, their whole business model is snapping up these badly monetized sites and then cranking up the monetization. Um, mm, yeah. But I still think that the way that they do that is is sort of, it's sort of uncreative, you know? I mean, it's through things like, advertising seo um i'm i'm you know every esports business every esports media business has its issues but i'm more impressed by the way that dexerto for example has really diversified uh its its offerings and its products in order to i think monetize more effectively in a way that neither upcomer or gamer slash dot have done like dexerto for example has a whole brand consultancy side 
which as far as I can tell was never really in the cards at Upcomer. So I agree that Upcomer was overpaying, but part of that to me is that Upcomer was just not like they didn't have a strategy in place that would justify paying those salaries in the present or in the future. Like maybe if there was some some thought that they could, you know, do that sort of brand consultancy, maybe like run events, do job listings. I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating, but there are other ways that esports media businesses can monetize mm-hmm. um, and that I just don't think Upcomer was taking advantage of. So I agree that the salaries didn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. I'd like to think that they could, that it, it is possible to build up an esports media business so that those salaries could make sense in the future. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I want to yeah. hop in and say, what what is it that makes Dot Dot's rates unfair because if people are reaching out to Dot and saying, I want to write for you, then Dot say, here's the amount we're willing to pay. And these young writers or even experienced writers are like, yeah, that sounds good to me. Like, what about that? Where in that process is someone truly getting fucked over? I know there is an answer for it, but (laughs) it's just in my mind, I'm like, if the people are willing to do it and you can make a full-time salary doing it but that's they almost encourage you to just churn out as much shit as possible right mm, so you can yeah. make enough money yeah. freelancing like i was writing for like eight or nine websites when i first started and, and went from uh part-time to full-time in three months like i made it happen i was working shit tons and it burned burn out in the future blah 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 as he said at the beginning but like it's certainly you're able to do it you're not really creating anything of, of worth too much <laughs> in terms of like long-lasting yeah. impact in actual journalism but like it can be done but like my thinking is just yeah, if young writers and experienced writers are, are willing to come in and, and work for that amount, what what aspect of it is unfair? Is it just judging it and comparing it to other industries? Part of it is comparing it to other industries, but I think there are a lot of flaws with just doing that. You know, straight up, like there are a lot of logical issues with that. Um, I, I have a couple of answers to this question. It's a, it's a great question. Um, first of all, just anecdotally. Uh, well, you're right that they do sort of encourage people to turn out as much as they can. And by doing that, you can totally achieve something approaching a full-time wage. Um, I've heard horror stories about what that means for the work-life balance of these writers. Like, yes. in order to achieve that kind of income and and fully sustainably support mm-hmm. themselves with esports journalism, um, people are putting themselves, this is maybe a little sensationalist, but putting themselves in danger. And I have specific examples of mm-hmm. that. Um I spoke to a former editor for Dot who basically reached out to me to complain about this exact issue and gave some examples of writers who, okay, so for example, there was one Dot writer who worked so much that they were just, they were, I guess, working at some office, churned out like 12 articles in a day, and then were driving home and were so tired that they just like, pulled over on the side of the road and were literally I, this is the image that was given to me like literally just like like passed out in their car with their arm out the window just like on the side of the road to the point where um like some uh, one of the editors caught wind that this was happening and actually had to like call emergency services to come help this person because they were like incoherent um you know on top of that like these even for the people who aren't grinding out all the articles all the time and are, are essentially getting paid part-time wages, they are to some extent treated like full-time staffers because they're in this Slack channel where they're expected to constantly be paying attention to the pings mm, that they're getting yeah, from editors. That's a good point. Um, and 
if news happens, like one of them has to jump on it no matter what they're doing. Otherwise, they've failed as a team. And so like while maybe they're not writing enough articles to be paid full time wages, like the the, sh- the mind share, just like the, the, the experience of working for the company requires them to be plugged into editorial at all times. Yeah. And so that just kind of compounds on this burnout. So uh, to me, like the, the real issue is just that it's not it's literally whether or not these writers are willing to do this work. It's not sustainable for them in the long run. And it means like there it there is no pathway for dot writers to to like actually truly build well okay i shouldn't say there's no pathway because a lot of a lot of writers in this space came out of dot uh, and like writers who are working for you know more prominent national outlets uh, but I, I think the bottom line is if you have this sort of burnout and constant churn at the lower level it makes it a lot harder for there to you know for the next Richard Lewis or like the next Jacob Wolf to arise out of these spaces because people are just like, they just get burnt out and they lose their passion for it instead. Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of personal responsibility that we need to add though. Like I don't think dot or any publication is saying, look, you have to work X amount unless that's in the agreement. But when it's just those, like you earn as much as you put in effectively, like you, no one's forcing you to go yeah. full time freelance in journalism, like you can have a part-time job and try and make it happen on the side, like part-time freelance writing, part-time at Starbucks or whatever, you know, and, and grind up and try and build up that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I know some people want the dream so bad, they'll just go for it and, and take the leap as soon as possible. Like it's effectively what I did, but I mean, they're the ones typically making that decision. I don't think the responsibility is necessarily on a dot or a deserto or anything at that point. So while I agree, like, especially with your second point about like, there's an expectation of, being around 24-7, even if you're <laughs> not even a part-time worker, you just yeah, freelance. Yeah, we all know that. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, it's just as the personal responsibility angle, which I just want to add on, because you don't yeah. always have to go full in, and you are somewhat in control of your destiny. So, like, I don't want to put all of the blame on on one yeah. side. <laughs> no, honestly, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I totally agree with that. I guess my only response to that is that, like, I don't, you know, you we all know the average esports writer. I don't trust that person to be responsible enough to take care of themselves. On honestly, I you know a lot of them are just like that's on them. Then. You know, they're overgrown teens. I guess it is on them to some extent, but oh, it's fully on them. If they can't look after themselves, that's on them, surely, man. Who else is it? Who else does it fall on? I guess my take is that most people can't take care of themselves, like in the world. <laughs> so it's not bad for there to be systems in, put in place to protect those people. I know what you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know what you're saying. I, I, I don't probably, disagree with what you're saying either. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I, I think I probably fall more on the side of the personal responsibility stuff, which is probably where most of the disagreement between Alex and I came. Because mm-hmm. um, I agree. I, I, I think when you're in the situation, like when I was in the situation, I used to freelance for Dot. Um, and I remember, yeah, I wrote the fe- first feature I wrote for Dot. Kevin edited it. It was probably 1,500 words. In fact, I think it was 1,500 words. So it's pretty long. Um, I think I was paid like he negotiated with me thankfully a little bit which is crazy because I probably got paid like the maximum at the time and it was like $55 or $50 or something which now if I wrote something for 1,500 words worth of a piece and got paid fucking $50 for it I'd scream Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah but I, I guess my point is like at the time yeah man I just I guess I was just my energy was focused towards figuring it out. Like, like I said, if you have to get a part-time job or, you know, just doing it when it makes sense, doing it in your spare time, if you want to try and build a journalism career whilst you're working a job or 
and I get it, it's a bastard that they don't pay well. Like now I write for outlets that pay so much fucking better than that. Like literally 10 times that or more, which is mad. But um, I'm just not sure I thought what I was going to say. Fuck, what was I just going to say? Um, I don't know, but it's definitely not deserted. That's paying you 10 times more than that. <laughs> hey, hey, no comments. Um, no but, comment. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think you guys are right. Like, obviously... No one is entitled to just like jump into this industry feet first and get a full time job and just like you know be, uh, totally like and 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 it's and there's and there's no shame in working a part time job in some other industry, um, you know, to support yourself while you do this. That's mm. when I was getting into this into freelance writing and esports. I had a full time job in another industry. That's a st- and that's the only reason I was able to do it. So mm-hmm. absolutely, I mean, I yeah. agree, but it's you know. I do think that people, like may, maybe the, this industry as a whole just needs to be more honest about that then. Because I don't I don't think that a lot of esports writers have that understanding. I think a lot of people think that you can get into this full time. They look at the sort of the people who have made it to very, in, you know, to some extent. Um, mm-hmm. People like, well, like Jacob, for example, who actually did kind of go into this full time very early on and then just has been doing that. And obviously that's mm-hmm. not like the path that most people are going to take. But maybe there just needs to be more awareness of this then so that, yeah. so that writers, so that writers like proactively will though, pursue other jobs. To be fair though, most outlets are pretty transparent about rates and stuff. Like I remember when I first went to dot the, basically the first thing they said is like, we pay this for a feature. Is that okay or not? You know? So I don't, I think most of the time they are pretty transparent. Now, can they maybe make more of a song and dance about it so that writers know what they're getting into ahead of time? If they have it on the website or whatever, that might be a, a an option. Um, I guess this is what I was going to say before I remembered now um, is like this is all true and I and I appreciate that rates are low but like what's the solution that's the only thing I think because if you know you see maybe this is an extreme example but Upcomer you know they paid good rate like good salaries and good rates according to like a Los Angeles fucking you know New cost York of media. living and stuff yeah, sure. yeah. and like that's obviously not the solution. I think a lot of people, is, and I, I remember Adam predicting this like a few years ago, like a lot of people predicted that Upcomer wouldn't work. <laughs> um, Easiest prediction ever, by the way. Is how that's what I mean. Work. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So, so yeah, I guess that's just my, I don't even know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a take on this. Um, Go on. Although I just, I want to say that I said at the, at the top of this episode that I'm a journalist and not an economist. So I, you know, this is spitballing and I don't, I don't know what the true answer is, but one, one potential answer is to, is to give, is to let, let your writers and employees maybe be a little more vested in the business in some way. Um, I, I'm not saying to give them like shares necessarily, but like, like a profit share or something, you know, make it, make it so that when the business, when the business as a whole benefits, so do the writers and that gets them more invested in what they're in their work as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. and maybe then you could even pay the same low rates, but then at the you know at the end of a quarter or something, if if someone's articles have you know specifically helped build the business in some way, then you can kick it back to them somehow. Um, mm. or, I, I don't know what that would look like, but I just know that like I don't think any esports uh, media outlets do that right now. Most media outlets don't do it right now. Uh, we are starting to see the rise of employee-owned outlets. Things like um, Defector, for example, in like the sports media space, which have made that work. Um, now, obviously, that 
is not something that's going to be attainable for like most freelancers who don't really have a following in esports. But that I, you know, kind of spitballing. But yeah, one solution is just get the writers and employees more invested in some way. Allow them to benefit directly from the growth of the business itself. That's mm-hmm. not something that happens at Dot right now, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like I said, I agree. I, I don't know how it would look, but I think something like that would be a, a good idea. Adam, do you have a take on that or no? I just say we blow esports up. Yeah, I actually agree. That's that's the only real suggestion I have. Um, no, I I I don't know what the answer is, or else I'd been I'd have been trying to fix it a long time ago. If I knew what's what, um, and I think we discussed it in like our very first video, but like mm. it, it, it's not it's not even down to the people at this point. It's down to the publications to try and figure that stuff out, right? Um, mm. Yeah. No matter how hard you work, like you're not going to directly affect how they monetize. Number one and, and two, if they decide to give you a piece of the pie, but like mm. I'm pretty sure um, we had like the CEO of Gamers Group like bragging about like how rich he was or something along those lines or how successful he was in an article like the same week some shit went down like where he didn't look good um which mm. is, and it, what is he like 26 27 which surprised me because i thought he looked like 42 but um <laughs> that's an aside it's it's not relevant to the story at all in fact but um honestly i didn't realize me. he was that young either are you serious yeah i think he's like 26 yeah, 27 yeah um yeah oh my god you're right he was 19 when he launched gamers yeah, okay, working well, in esports oh, ages you like like a fucking grape, doesn't it? It's, it's not it's not pleasant. <laughs> but um <laughs> But I, I don't understand Timothy, why obviously. <laughs> exactly, mate. You, you look seventeen. I don't know how old yeah, you are, but exactly. you're doing well. Um I'm actually thirteen and I look forty two, so <laughs> um but no, I, I don't understand why the parent company of Dot would acquire Upcomer. Do you what, know what's does anyone have any theory as to why that makes sense? Dude, I don't know why anyone ever acquired Upcomer. I don't know why Enthusiast acquired <laughs> Upcomer. Like, it's no, not like I the don't know why you revived that brand. <laughs> yeah. Just create a new brand at this point. Like, yeah, especially, yeah, yeah. especially, especially now, like, oh. with what happened at Enthusiast, Upcomer feels like a cursed brand. I, you're, mm-hmm. I, I agree. It makes no mm-hmm. sense. Um, I, I, I think the real answer is that Upcomer has... And I, this is outside my area of expertise, but like you have to imagine Upcomer has sort of like built up this base of SEO that allows mm-hmm. it to show up on like Google searches a little more easily yeah. than a new site would. I think that's just what they're buying. It's like that it, sort it of used like to do well SEO on Yu-Gi-Oh. Movies. I know that. <laughs> like they were bragging just before like everyone got laid off. I remember like Film was like, we just broke broke so many records and all that kind of stuff and i literally got access to their seo dashboard and it was just like Yu-Gi-Oh absolutely carrying the fuck out of them nothing to do with esports but again it's just like the the, the, the best like the best example of esports media is like esports publications being completely carried by things that have got nothing to do with esports yeah you know, that's, 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 that's not even an esports yeah. issue that's, that's, <laughs> that's what happened to dexerto and to their credit they're yeah. very self-aware about it there mm, very yeah. Um, <laughs> but I can't say any more than that. But yes, um, yeah, that's that's I, my I, ultimate. That's my bird's eye view take. Is it's just depressing, like the state of media. <laughs> not even in esports and gaming, the media across the board is like, yeah, I don't know, depressing, man. Yeah, so Adam, I, I fully like endorse. Uh, best, obviously, this podcast is like a shining beacon of what esports media could be. But besides <laughs> this, I endorse the blow it all up plan. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that was really my takeaway from writing the article is that like, like, yeah, cause I don't really have a solution either. My takeaway was, damn, this whole space is just fucked. <laughs> like that's, that's really it. So yeah, yeah get yeah. out while you can. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that, like, do do we have any advice to young writers who may be watching this, or like people who want to get into esports writing? Oh but so beyond like, don't like that's my genuine I mean, genuine thing. Honestly, like, do it, but... after having this conversation, I'd, I'd say one is definitely just be more pragmatic about what it means to enter esports writing. Um, yes. Pursue a, a part or full time job in another industry while you do it, so you can pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That feels like one of the only options to me um, for young people, especially like if you've got no kind of foothold in journalism or in writing really but you want to get into it i think you can only really do it yeah if you've got another source of income um it's like some because you're not going to be able to write for the or almost certainly you're not going to be able to write for the outlets that pay well um and most of them aren't even endemic to esports anyway yeah i mean can um, i can i give one piece of advice in that regard like and th- I, this is what i did when i was freelancing and and I think I was only able to pursue this strategy because I had a full-time job supporting me but like I mean I wrote for basically all of the endemics at various times just to kind of get my feet wet but at a certain point I pivoted to just like focusing on really good stories that I could pitch to larger non-endemic outlets uh they pay better like you can write one feature story for a magazine and that will pay the equivalent of like 500 dotty sports stories and also they it's, it's it's honestly just much much more effective at getting your name in front of, of editors at outlets that also pay better. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my, my suggestion would be take the expertise you have on esports and take it outside the East, the endemic esports space, because again, this shit is fucked. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. But would like a spreadsheet with salaries and rates, like pull together um, anonymous sources of it, but where mm. we know what the rates are, like, obviously they have that in games quite a bit. Um, so you can kind of break it down by tiers and all that kind of stuff. I think they're, they're a lot more fleshed out in, in games mm-hmm. in general. But You should, um, you should make that spreadsheet, could, Adam. I, I'm not the person for it, but um, someone would uh, maybe help the younger generation, at least educate them a little bit, if someone was to make it. I, I put the it. idea mm. out in the marketplace, and now it's up for someone much more kind than me to, to make it happen. Mm. If it would One help. thought on that. I, I love that idea. My only, like, like niggling nervous thought on that is that um this is such a small space that depending on what information was in the spreadsheet you would you would know who who it was like as soon as you saw enough info you'd be like oh yeah that's you know that's lewis's salary or like whatever you know not to Mm. add just like a random name but um (laughs) yeah Yeah. so we just whoever does this someone should do this but just like if you do it tread lightly with the information you ask people to divulge that's that's Mm. what i would say yeah, 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 like postcode, um, national insurance, <laughs> blood type, uh, sort, sort code. Uh, yeah, exactly, all that stuff. Yeah, and then also, don't tell me the publication about how much you get paid, uh, mm. middle name and all that. Yeah, nah, I, I, it's not something I'll do to be honest because I don't care about fixing the shit anymore. But um, Billy should do it since he, he loves doing that that kind of stuff. <sighs> no, be the hero that esports needs. He loves the people. Yeah. No, I don't. I couldn't give a toss. To <laughs> we're, we're like we 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 record an industry podcast, Adam. And we like two of the people that care the least. <laughs> we're like two yeah. of the least fucking. Well, to be fair, you you less so than me these days. I I care somewhat. I've still got some life in me. I don't think you have at all. Oh, none, none. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm employed to work in gaming and esports, so I shouldn't say that. But like, no, I, I genuinely, if this industry blew up tomorrow, I'd be like sound. Mm. Um. I'm I'm applying to Costa. Um, I'm applying to Starbucks, and I'll, you know I'll what I really, between the two. You know what I really want to see. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but 
I would love if the Athletic, I think I said this in like our first ever episode, I would love if the Athletic did an esports thing, like just hired one writer or two writers. It's not going to happen. No. I, well, I was on, I, I, I actually, I was just hanging out with someone who works at the Athletic over the weekend and I said, I said this exact thing to him and he was like, yeah, 100%, not going to happen. It, he was like, if, if we just fired a bunch of our combat sports staff, we're not going to pick up someone for esports. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to be a downer, Billy. Damn. Yeah, that's a shame because the athletic is like the fucking. They really are the shining beacon of, of media. Well, they not, could spin it off athletics. and call it the un like the unathletics, yeah. the unathletic, and then or the cyber like athletics, gamers, right? Mm. Oh, the cyber oh. athletic. Yeah, fuck me. Yeah, if the one acquisition, acquisition incoming. Yeah. Oh god. Well, it's either them or the Saudis, isn't it? So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the so many options. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, come get us athletic. But um, for me, I've got nothing to add. I've had a sore throat, so I've not really said too much throughout the whole thing anyway. So it's kind of pointless me no, being here. But that's no, mate. Come on, don't say that. Great insight. No, honestly, I, Alex, I thought which is good. No, I, I appreciated. I appreciated your 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 more pragmatic perspective. I know I'm coming to this from a place of maybe a little more idealism than is possible, but you know, it's worth. It's at least worth looking at it from that perspective. It's important to have that, though, isn't it? Definitely, it's important to have that perspective. So, I, th- I think yeah. it's nice to have some hope, but like, yeah, that's not something I can offer. So, like, having someone like yourself on definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely does help. Like, if you went, if you went on this, then this would be an absolute train wreck of an episode. Like, truly, because we'll get three minutes in and we'll be like, eh, fuck it. Like, what's the point? <laughs> so, I still feel like we got there at the end, so all good. Yeah, but yeah, like no, thirty good. minutes later, so yeah. we got a bit more content out of it at least. Mm. Have you got anything yeah. else, Billy, my friend? Or I haven't. No, I haven't. Have you, Alex? Anything else to say? No, that's all I got. Honestly. It's a real pleasure to be on here with you guys. I, I enjoy this kind of conversation. It's depressing, but like, I don't know. I no, Someone has to have the conversation. So mm-hmm. Your Indeed. article will be linked in the description. I will remember to do it. And if not, mm-hmm. I will remember in a week's time when I notice that I haven't done it and I will put it in then. So <laughs> either way, it'll eventually be there. Because uh, cool. I'm pretty bad at that stuff as a rule. But Cool. I think cool. that's about it. This is our first video in over a month because we've been absolutely yeah, slack. Yeah, about that. We're going to try and get, get back to it. Even though I've got days off coming up. But I haven't told Billy that yet. Uh, but we got to 200 yeah, subscribers. Um, we've been so inactive, we've lost a couple. So. Yeah, I was going to say, why has it gone down? Who Who is deciding to unsub? Ollie Ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's still subbed. Ollie's still subbed, I reckon. Can you check? Or not? Right, thank you, everyone. Get off those elf pens. Right, thanks, everyone. <laughs>